This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Balls McWednesday, everybody. We were right there. Smack dab in the middle of W's and L's when the break came rushing upon us. And I did not want to cheat you guys out of the remaining W's and L's. And we have to be able to give them the thorough vetting that they deserve. So we will continue to do that in just a moment. Obviously, last hour, a lot on the table. We talked a little bit about uh, Florida State, obviously, in the midst of uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, Derek Ray going to serve as a... um, there's a GM role for Florida State for recruiting, and this is very modern. Very, very modern, right? All these schools now hiring GMs to help coordinate the recruiting efforts. Yeah, the most important thing to yeah. you and I as Noel fans and to the people who are watching on YouTube listening around is that Michael Alford is spending more money on this football program, period. Yeah, and he needs to because I was reading an article about uh, Napier's efforts uh, to go 40 and 50 analysts deep on that staff, like every one of his assistants has an assistant, has an assistant. It's insane, including if you're looking at nutrition, uh, where you have the, the head nutritionist with assistants for, um, you know, certain for the offense and the defense, certain. It's amazing all this stuff that they're doing. So we need to do the same. Obviously, you have to be able to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. And it's not just them. Obviously, this is becoming the norm now. And, and Alfred is willing uh, to do that and understands the importance of it. So that is, that's good. And we'll vet and have a chance to talk more about Derek Ray, who comes over from Oregon State uh, in, in a few minutes here. We'll come back over to that. I do want to point something out before we get to W's and L's. Obviously, last hour we talked a lot in that first segment, especially. I want people to think we're glossing over it because we're not. Uh, the events of yesterday and on into this morning, when you read the lawsuit filed by Brian Flores, um, and it's a it's a it's a weighty matter. It's an amazing thing to kind of try to read through, and the the assertions, the accusations are uh, obviously very important to get to the bottom. To I think the NFL is in real trouble here. I think my man's bringing receipts, and I think this is going to go to the hilt, and we're going to go to court, and we're going to see change enacted. I do believe that. Now I am way out in front. Obviously, we've got a lot more to get to. Uh, I I don't I don't know that Stephen Ross will remain the Dolphins' owner if they're able to prove any of the things about tampering and asking coaches to purposely lose games. This will all be something that speaks to the integrity of the game, and that's something the NFL will not be able to wash away. Usually, if you look at the history of class action suits against the National Football League, smartly, the NFL and its owners, billionaires galore, pay for it to go away. That's what they do. They don't want it to go to court. They don't want this to get caught up in the courts. They don't want a battle for the public opinion. They don't want to have these debates publicly. They don't want folks throwing around the kind of accusations, especially if they bring proof, uh, that Brian Flores is throwing around. And they do everything in their power, because after all, Roger Goodell works for the owners. They do everything in their power to protect those owners, right? Including owners who are have been accused of and been found guilty of pretty heinous behavior, even criminal behavior, as we well know. They get protected by the league. Once they're in a position of power such as 
ownership of a team and they've paid the money that is required to own a team and the commitment to the National Football League, right, what you have to give the league to become an owner in addition to buying of the team, those guys get protected in a way, it's like they're made, it's like they're in the mob. Um, you know, that, 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 that would explain how Daniel Snyder has a job still, how he's still the owner of the Washington football team. Now, not the Washington football team, which I guess we could talk about too, but that, that shows you how the lengths that they'll go to avoid running somebody off. Running, you know, forcing the hand of owners. Yeah. So quickly, let me ask you about the Washington thing, and I'll get back to the to the Flores fight. But um, the Commanders, who did worse by a fan base? LeBron James to the Cavs when he <laughs> left the first time, <laughs> or on their face. or the ownership group of the Washington Football Team with those new uniforms? Have you seen the uniforms for the I, Commanders? I have. Um, oh my God! I like the W on the helmet. The helmet's fine. The other parts of the uniform. So they have an Arizona State uniform. Yes, they, they do. have a the Troy black. uniform. Yes, they do. And then they have a bastardization of their awesome uniform from last year. Their uniform from last year was my favorite uniform in football. There it is. It was perfect. Every weekend, I have a friend that's a Washington fan. I'm one of my very best friends in all the world is married to a diehard, lifelong Washington fan, right? And we tease each other all the, all of us tease each other about each other's teams, right? But every weekend, when I would throw on Red Zone and they would cut to the Washington game, I'd be I'd be reminded of how much I love their uniforms, and I would text her and go, "Damn it, you, your uniforms are awesome!" And now they've screwed that up. I don't mind the name uh, Commanders. I get it. It's, obviously, if, you, if you're going to – I would have stuck with Washington football team, yeah. frankly. Well, their logo that they have – I saw the jackets that they gave the crew on NFL Network this morning because they want them to flaunt the new logos. But on the back, it almost looks like um, a crest, kind of a, akin to the Baltimore Ravens crest where you have, like, the state flag mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whatever, like, the city. Right, those emblems. That's an awesome logo. That's cool. But those uniforms are god-awful. I mean, they've gone from top five in the league. I agree with you. Some weekends I go, well, that, that's the best in football. Yeah, they've had, they have a combination that is right up there. To now, they're among the bottom three with the Rams and whoever. Just awful. Terrible. I want to uh, read you a phrase from the Washington Post that I read this morning that made me laugh, and then we'll move on and get back to W's and L's because with bated breath, folks were hanging on at the end of the last uh, hour. Uh, Commanders was chosen last fall according to the team officials, and a meticulous design phase quickly followed. Code and Theory designed the commander's logo, and Nike handled the helmet designs. Yeah, Tanya Snyder, the wife of owner Daniel Snyder, who was appointed the team's co-CEO last summer, has a background in the fashion industry and was said to be heavily involved in the uniform design. Of course she was. Was she the one who unveiled them? Because I saw the unveiling, and there was a woman who introduced it and said, here they are, and she goes, yay. And it's the only clap that you hear when when the curtain drops at today's ceremony. Yeah, I have no idea, but it's just awesome. Like, if you play for Washington, and we talk about the absurdity of Daniel Snyder, and then he appoints his wife co-CEO, and then she's in charge of your new uniform, and you wear the coolest uniforms, one of the coolest uniforms in sports, and then there she is with the curtain, and they come out with that. You're like, okay, this is a clown show. So is it fair to say with the, the Flores situation that the NFL's policies on integrity of the game, tampering, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, tanking, those are the things that are going to be changed? And not like, because how can you change the hiring practices beyond what they've done? I don't know what meaningful change there will be there besides awareness of the problem and documentation of the problem, but I well, do think that the penalties for if they can prove. $100,000 kickbacks for losses and then tampering with 
other I mean they already have penalties for that, that they've taken draft picks away from ownership groups but I, I feel like that is going to be what comes out of this other than a, well, a PR problem for the NFL if you read what's alleged in that lawsuit and it's a lot there's a lot it's to a go lot. through yeah but it's comprehensive the litany of transgressions and examples of high-profile black coaches that have not been given opportunities to be head coaches and or were uh, held to a double standard is striking. And he's filing the lawsuit not only on his own behalf, but on the behalf of other African-American coaches. So there, there's so much to Who may this. join the suit. There may be, yes, yeah. yes, this is just the, the first one, a trailblazer, and perhaps there's going to be other groups. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. So there can be real change enacted if they bring the receipts, if you're able to prove. Now, listen, the numbers alone are telling and startling, and those have been well-documented for a very long time. Uh but these are very specific accusations against specific individuals, and, and so that will have to be proven, including, including, obviously, outside the realm of unfair hiring practices, you have this entire argument about integrity of the game being messed with by an owner telling a coach that you must lose games, and then the coach saying, I won't do it, and then him saying, I'll pay you to do it. I mean, that's crazy. The tough thing is when it comes to hiring practices, and I mean, may, you've got a theory that, and we can go into this maybe later, but you know that Bill Belichick might have... Intentionally helped, done it. Helped yes. move this along a little bit. Well, I mean, I'm not trying but, to give him too much credit, Tom. I just think given his relationship with Brian Flores, first of all, it's ingenious if he did it in purpose because that's a, that's a great way to do it and say oopsie. Um, but I think that would be a way that you would say this is what's happening to you. If you loved somebody, if you cared about them deeply and you thought this was unfair, right. that's how you could do it. But the one thing I'd say where it becomes difficult to prove in a court of law, and I'm not going to argue that the numbers don't sp- say something. They do. Oh, Absolutely they do. Absolutely they, they do. do. Yes, it's not even close. But we've all been in settings in the real world, in the job world, in which there has already been somebody who is going to get the job, perhaps an internal promotion, but they have to make the job public. And so, therefore, there might be scuttlebutt around the office that, well, it's his job or her job. Mm-hmm. You'd ha- there'd have to be a miracle interview in order for them to lose a job. And it's openly discussed, which in and of itself, I guess, is illegal. Because then yeah, it shows that there's already a conclusion that's been come to rather than a fair hiring practice. Yeah, he was being used to fulfill the Rooney Rule, which is to check a box. But what I'm saying is that that particular idea where Bill Belichick, let's just say he wasn't faking it, and, and he did make a mistake, like an honest mistake where he, he found the wrong, you know, Brian. Grabbed his, the wrong Brian. Yeah, right. Is that that happens in the real world all the time where you might hear, you might catch wind that, oh, they're going to get that job because they've been waiting for it for 10 years. Now they got to open it and they've got to wait through the hiring process, but that job's going to go to X person in any walk of life, in any profession. Yes, but this isn't any profession. It's one with a history of unfair hiring practices, and it's been proven. So now you have a much greater responsibility, also with the makeup of the league, a much greater responsibility to be on the up and up in the hiring practices. It, it's incumbent upon you. Now, if, you, if you're working at a company that has been accused of and proven to have slighted the hiring practice, the job, the, 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 the requirements of posting, allowing for fair, substantial interview, and, and, and then you continue to do it, the weight of the punishment is even greater. If you can prove that they did it. That's my point. It's it easier to uh, prove then, when it happens repeatedly. Do you think that this crosses that threshold, that this case will do so based upon the complaint well, that, that's filed? I mean, we can't know. I, I, I'm going to continue to read. I find it fascinating. I do know this. Um, even if you think Bill Belichick screwed that up and just accidentally emailed the wrong or texted the wrong Brian, there's intentionality to the follow-up email that occurs to or text that comes to occurs two hours later. Bill knows the rules. 
So I, I'm inclined to think that he was saddened for his friend, whom he yeah. respects immensely, and wants to say, in a way, this is what's happening. You know, Forrest today, by the way, the saddest thing I heard was in his interview, um, you know, he, first of all, it's clear he likes Brian Dable, and he thinks he'll do a good job. He was like, unfortunately, you know, this gets caught up in that. I, I think Brian's going to do a fine job. But he's also hurt and angry and humiliated that it was a token interview, right, that it wasn't a real interview. They didn't take it serious. And when he was asked specifically about that, about what his first thoughts were, and when he said, well, uh, frankly, it was disbelief and humiliation, it was a very tough pill to swallow. And then he went on to say, and this was the part that made me sad, after noting that he thought Coach Drabel would do a good job. Um, and, and, you know, look, uh, he, he got that, he inferred that he understood that back alley deals are talked about in certain inner circles that he's not a part of, and that's frustrating, that's part of the lawsuit, all that stuff. But that the only reason he went to after that series of texts with Bill Belichick to the sham interview was because he believed, quote, people are innately good. And if given the opportunity to do the right thing, they will. And then he said, I'm a gifted coach, and I'm gifted to coach. And I thought if I got before them, no matter what they had decided previous, that I could convince them otherwise, and I'd hope they'd see in me my talents. Man, that breaks my heart. I mean, that, that's sad. I mean, he, he, that's, that's awful to be in that situation. Yeah, I hear that 100%. And I mean, that really bothers me. It would bother me, too, if I was him. But who's to say that they, in their heart of hearts, didn't believe that Dable was the better hire? Right, and this is part of having to prove That's that. where I get, you know, I mean, well, what you, Jesus, good luck. Well, right, they can think that. But again, you have, <laughs> they have already been, per their own rules, instructed to go through this vetting process that they do, including interviewing minority candidates. Right. Somebody got sloppy and loose-lipped and said that we're going with Dable before and they had And revealed it. potentially the very thing he's suing over or right. alleging, right? So if that's true, that so it'll be fascinating. It will be very fascinating. And there's just, just getting started. Here we go. Back to W's and L's. We didn't finish it. It was wrong of me not to. Should, should I wait? You want to wait? No, we can't make him wait again. Let's get back to it. Before, where we last spoke... <laughs> When we last spoke, Tom had Florida State at 6-2 and two with a win over Clemson, I might add. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not exactly the Clemson of three years ago, right? We think. I mean, yes, they didn't look almighty as they have for way too long. They did go 10-3 and three if you count the bowl win. They did, but can Dabo hire a super staff again? Well, and moreover, you can't continue to get lucky as uh, elite-level pro-prospect quarterbacks from the state of Georgia fall into your arms year in and year out. So maybe DJ, who showed a glimpse of elite-level play in the previous uh, incarnation against Notre Dame, then went on to look nothing of the sort. So maybe he's just not elite. Maybe. You look at him, you think he's got to be. He's a big, strong dude with a, a, dude with a hose for an arm, but he... he he was a mess last right. year. Even if you're a, a decent to pretty good quarterback, and pretty good, you know, I'll, I'll scrap decent from the conversation. That still makes you vulnerable. Christian Ponder and EJ Manuel were decent quarterbacks here. Well, oh, yeah, Jameis yeah, was a lot of on a different with, level. Yeah, oh, yeah, he will. Yeah, he's all-time great. Right. right. Trevor and Deshaun are on a different great. level. Yeah. yeah. It does, but they've recruited so much better in the trenches, and that's why I went with Clemson. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. I'll celebrate your rightness every day, all day, if, in fact, we beat Clemson. I don't feel about this one the way I felt about North Carolina. Okay. I'll put it that way. Well, that's good. It's, it's February. <laughs>
after the uh, after the Georgia Tech butt kicking we're going to put on them and Coach Collins, who's he's on the uh, trail of tears here. It's the Batan death march for Georgia Tech this season. They got nothing. They got look at that schedule. Go look at their schedule. It's funny. It's comical. Anyhow, screw them. They take a beating here. Now we go on the road at Miami. Tom's got a six and two and rolling. I've got us five and three. Under in Tom's world, we're already bowl eligible. That's correct. But alas, we are still not bowl eligible in my world, and we will remain not bowl eligible after the trip down to Miami, where sadly we fall to five and four, and Miami gets their free bit. Yeah, the benefit of playing LSU in its first game of the season, uh, this is the other side of the coin. Miami will have time to have figured it out. They've got a great head start with a really good quarterback. It's unfortunate. These things happen, and I don't like it, but we lost down to Miami. Six and three, Florida State, says Tom Lang. Five and four, says Jeff. Come back, look at our wounds against a sorry Syracuse team who nearly beat Florida State a year ago. By the way, that was an important game as their quarterback, oafish as he might be, ran wild. I will take the Knowles to get the win and move to six and four and become bowl eligible, buddy, at least in my part. You will also take the Knowles to win big over Syracuse and have us going to 7-3, and three, am I right? That's pretty close to a 700 winning percentage, if my math is correct. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and, and you know what? The postgame conversation will say something like, um, man, isn't it nice to have linebacker play with Tatum Bethune and Kalen DeLoach to, shot, around, to stop Sean Tucker? Yeah. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah. That'll be the conversation. 7-3 and three are the Knowles. 6-4 and four are the Knowles. Uh, now it is Louisiana, who I would not have chosen to play out of the G5, but luckily for us, they've been raided, quite literally raided. Their coaching staff, their head coach, took it on down south to Gainesville, and he took with him several very important starters from that football team. Your Louisiana, or Louisiana, as they like to be called, tough to lose starters at various key positions throughout the roster and sustain any level of good so I'll take the Knowles to win at home, leading up to the Florida State-Florida game. And I've got us at this point 7-4. My God, we've won eight football games. Oh, look at this! This is another win. I know, the weather's cooling down in Tallahassee, but the Knowles are warming up. Kumbaya on Thanksgiving week. And we'll be doing, a, I guess, a special Friday pregame show that week. That's crazy to think about, but we'll get used to it. So, again, February is the time to be pie in the sky with W's and L's. I don't resent Tom Lang's 8-3 and three record here, even if I believe the reality is 7-4. and four. The key here is now what we do with this next game. What do we do with this next game as the Gators come to town? They've got better players than we do. They'll be motivated. Their coach in year one will certainly have figured some things up out by the time they ride in here. I'm wrestling with it, Tommy. I am looking at this game the same way I look at the LSU game. Oh, lot of Waffle Wafferson or Waffly Wafferson or whatever you call it. Waffly McWafferson, yes. <laughs> oh, man. I want to believe so bad. But February says 7-5. and five. The Knowles fall narrowly to Florida, and I say we finish the season 7-5. and five. Boy, this comes down to the wire. This game. Oh, it's a tough. You could. It's a field goal attempt. 
it's a tough sequence for the Gators, too, from the middle of October through this game because South Carolina is a little bit better. They beat the hell out of Florida last year, but they're a little bit better as a football program. Florida's taking a step back, so that gap is as close. From the 15th of October through our game, they play LSU, Georgia, at Texas A&M, South Carolina, Vandy for a tune-up, followed by us. I think Florida's a little beleaguered. I think they're beleaguered by this point in the schedule, and I think we're a little bit healthier. We're a little bit better, and we are the winner on this day. Nine and three. Listen to this guy. I love it. I love it. All right, so Tom's got us winning nine games. I like his vision better than mine. I've got us going seven and five. It can change. Lots of W's and L's throughout the summer months and the spring and everything else. Post-spring game one. That's the that's, that's the real the big one. one. That's mm-hmm. the big one. That's the big one. Well, the biggest one is the one we do in August. But the post-spring one is a much clearer vision. Oh, well, I was going to say that after the one of the spring. The real one is you always <laughs> kick that can down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be the real one. Okay. There it is. W's and L's. I had seven and five. Tom had nine and three. You got to sign in uh, one of the top five classes in the country as well there, Tommy? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, I wouldn't But either. you know what? And, and my opinion <laughs> could be changed by these receivers, for example, in spring ball. They don't look as good as uh, people are saying right now about the workouts that are happening off the books. Then we can change our mind, right? can always change your mind. While many other roofing companies hire out subcontractors to do their work for them, T-Spark Enterprises hires employees, and that's because they value the immense benefits that come with having a trusted, reliable, and highly trained crew that can be held to the highest standards as known for T-Spark Enterprises. That's for sure. Experts in their craft with pride in their work. That's the T-Spark difference. T-Spark is the best in town, period. Give them a call today, 766-1340, 766-1340. Or get a free quote online at tsparkconstruction.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply oh we're still a buzz still a buzz from the big day W's and L's, the announcement of the return of the Jeff Cameron Show Invitational. Mm. Big news out of the NFL. Florida State football coach Mike Norvell adding pieces to his staff, uh, off-field staff, that is, and uh, has now reportedly hired former Oregon State staffer uh, Derek Ray with a Y, just so you know. Not at the end, but also at the beginning. Not just at the end, but also at the beginning. Ray? <laughs> it is a newly created GM position. Uh, Ray, who's been uh, Oregon State's Director of Recruiting Operations, player personnel since 2018, is expected to handle similar responsibilities with the Knowles. The hiring was reported by Pete Thamel originally, 
there at ESPN and has been uh, not announced officially by Florida State. Has that been rectified? Has that changed? Is that out there yet? I didn't double check. Not that I've we seen so air. far, but uh, I, I'm sure it wasn't because of uh, this particular gentleman's ability to wrangle in recruits in the Pac-12 footprint for Oregon State. This has to be about organizational skills, I would think, right? The reason you would hire somebody like uh, Derek Ray from Oregon State to head up a Florida State University general manager's position, that has to be about your uh, your time skills, time management skills. Yeah, he was responsible for managing all aspects of the Mighty Beavers recruiting operation, Tom. And uh, in doing so, uh, that was identifying uh, potential student-athletes, the scheduling of official and unofficial visits to campus, served as a uh, pro liaison. I always wanted that in my title. This is Jeff Cameron. He's our afternoon host and liaison for uh, local businesses. You can call yourself the liaison of the fan base. I mean, you know. Without question. Or, I'm sorry, the liaison. Many people do already. Say I'm walking to a shoe store. In the distance, I'll hear liaison, and I'll just give them the peace sign. Thanks for noticing. Uh, you know, my kids, by the way, have become, my kids have caused me to return to my, to my childhood. I now uh, am becoming more and more, sadly, embarrassingly so, it's true, I feel the pull and the weight of it of a sneakerhead. I'm starting to buy too many shoes because I have to buy shoes for them all the time because they're growing so rapidly and they go through shoes, very expensive shoes. It pisses me off. And the next thing I know, a month and a half in, hey, Dad, I need new shoes. No, you don't. Then I look at them. Yeah, you do. Damn it. So then I go. So go get them knockoffs. No, I'm not doing that. That's not what you do. But 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 I, I have uh, – now I get in there, and rather selfishly, I see all these shoes, and I didn't think it would have an effect on me. It's like you know being formerly a drug addict, and then you're like, I'm over it. I'm good to go. You could put me in a room with a mountain of cocaine. I have no desires. And yet, I was wrong. There I was. I used to love shoes. I had every new Jordan that came out when I was in middle school and high school. I couldn't wait to do it all. I begged my parents for the new ones. And then, you know, years later, you grow up. You become an adult, and you're like, I don't need 25 pairs of sneakers. That's ridiculous. But the other day, I bought myself a pair of sneakers for no damn reason. And then I was tempted last night to buy another pair. It's got a hold of me. Need to go find a meeting. <laughs> Guys, I thought I'd moved on. But then I saw a pair of Jordan 4s. Yeah, friends of Michael J. And I just, I've always wanted them. I've also wanted the fires, and there they were. I couldn't believe it. They were in my size. I had an opportunity. Flight Club had them for $350, and I almost pulled the trigger. You know, it might be willing, uh, or it might be a good time, if you're willing, to reiterate the story that you took Deion Sanders' shoes, that you have Deion Sanders' shoes. Well, they were, they would have been Deion Sanders' right. shoes. Yeah. Given what's going on with uh, his particular recruiting efforts and how he poached a player from us, and, and listen, he's undermined many schools. It looks like he's an equal opportunity taker. Uh, but you were able to uh, circumvent uh, a freeloading effort from one Deion Sanders years ago. People might like to hear that now more than they've wanted to hear that in some time. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I That situation, I could get somebody else in trouble. So I'm going to not do that. I'm just going to say that it came down to me or Dion because we wear the same size shoe and I won out. That's all I'm going to say. Now, it, it certainly helped that I had curried favor years prior. And what size shoe are you, sir? 13. Okay. Yeah. I had curry favor. If you, if, if why for others to send shoes? No, or? just because they might not have had a whole lot of. That's you why you don't. You know, that is the it wasn't problem. Wasn't an eleven and a half. That is the you know? problem. The better shoe story, Tom, is that 
emasculating moment for that poor man that was shopping for shoes next to me and he was looking for sevens or whatever it was and I accidentally said, yeah, it was a tough thing. <laughs> My wife slapped me oh, on the arm. Ah. No. Dude. Well, no, no. It was it was one of those classic moments, and and my wife just grabbed my arm, and I was like, "Oh, I, I'm, I'm," sorry. but there was no undoing it. I feel like I'm watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, there right was now. no undoing it. Awkwardness I felt is here. It was. There was no undoing it. I felt terrible about it. I did. I I had suggested to the man that perhaps in the kids section, and then I caught myself as I said it. I was actually trying to be helpful, and then I realized just how. I mean, it's awful. It's it's awful to do that. And then he looked at me just. Ouch. <laughs> so, Christy goes. Well, who was more put off, that particular gentleman or Deion Sanders? Because the word was he wasn't happy. No, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. He wanted his free shoes. He did. That he could have afforded 100 million times. Mm. He, he was. He, he wasn't happy. This was right at the beginning when, when the general public did not have access to uh, those kinds of uh, school-affiliated shoes. Now we all do. Like, you can get whatever the players are wearing, coaches are wearing. Go to the Nike sites. Typically, yeah, a birthday gift. I'm wearing them right you're now. You're wearing them right yeah. now, right. So you can get them. And because everybody can get them now, Tom, this is what kind of elitist ass I am. I refuse to wear them. Now, back in the day when nobody could get them, I wore them all the time. Speaking of the weather, <laughs> where, where, you know where the weather is right now and, and how cold it is. It's about to get a little bit colder over the weekend. What happened to the velvet suit? Why still, haven't? Yeah, the, it's cashmere, isn't it? It's uh, it's unbelievable. It cashmere. It's it? unbelievable. It's velvet, right? It's it's something along those lines. It's pimp, and I have it. And I almost broke it out the other day when it was really cold. Yeah, I failed us. You're almost out of season. Most people uh, would, I think, be taken aback by me in the leisure suit, but others would be properly in awe. It is so pimp. It is, you have to admit, it's incredible. Remember the day I showed up in that? You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It was between that and the pea coat are my two favorite days. I'm like, oh, my God. This I still have that, too, by the way. I'm sure you do. It's just never cold enough to break With it out. With the leisure suit, you got to break out a pinky ring, and then you got to breathe loudly through your nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, I do. I got to break out. Skull Knowles. Yeah, it's a toughie. Uh, Ray, again, will be uh, responsible for team travel, player personnel, Pro liaison and other duties uh, here at Florida State. Let's go. Let's get everybody buttoned up. I just like, if you want to learn more about this, go read Iris Chaffel's story on warchant.com. Alfred determined to help FSU reach next level with moves big and small is the title of that article. You can go find it at warchant.com. It's a really good article. It's lengthy and it kind of lays out there the, the mission, if you will. And I do like that our new AD is, at the very least, uh, threatening. Uh, I think with um, with very real standards that he laid before everybody uh, to hold people accountable, Tom, to hold people accountable for doing their job well, and that it's not really arguable. It's not one of those things that you can have a debate about. Yeah, and there, there are I, numbers associated with this. So when I read the quotes from that article, two things stand out to me. Number one. Yeah, this guy is going to, the little things are going to matter to this to this person. You know, the office environment, all those things where if you've had a boss who's a micromanager, like a real, like uh, about things that have nothing to do with the job, you go, oh, no. Oh, no. But as a fan, I'm, I'm saying, yes. Yes, we need that. 
we have to do more with less. The way we for did now, in now. a way yeah, that yeah. got us to where we are as a program. Yeah. We operated with less resources, fewer resources, and made more out of them. We're going to have to do that again until the TV landscape changes and our payday is somewhere close to the level of the Big Ten and the SEC, and that day may never come. And especially with the, uh, the implications for NIL, we're going to have to be better than the sum of our parts in a way that Florida doesn't have to be. Even Arkansas doesn't have to be. Oh, Arkansas so you need an attitude. Money. Yeah. You need an attitude like this, guys. You have to have it. Yes, it's a long time coming. But if I was working in that office, I'd say, Jesus, really? I've got to pick that chair up? Come on, man. I'm just really happy that we no longer have pseudo-puppet ADs that really aren't doing anything that matters. That you have a guy that is at least empowered to make very real and impactful decisions. Now, he may or may not succeed. That's on him. But we have one now. We now have a guy. Now, and that's not that's not me like singing the praises of Michael Alford per se. It's just that finally we've moved into the modern era. This is it's now possible. We were running things so archaically and it showed and it was very, very frustrating. Uh, did you know that the three toed sloth, which, by the way, is my favorite animal. Did you know that? What? Yeah. Three toed sloth. More so my favorite. than the blue footed booby bird. Yeah, and I like any number of other uh, oddities in the animal kingdom, but three-toed sloths are fantastic, and they are one of the slowest and laziest mammals in the world. Maybe you have too much money in the bank that is also moving slowly, like the sloth, because you're barely earning any interest. That's called lazy money. Don't be Charlie Weiss. <laughs> Poor belt. What does this mean, you ask? This means that you may have too much money in the bank that is losing to inflation. It's a good time to have money in the bank in case of an emergency because it's safe and liquid. But do you have too much money in the bank? For example, if you have $100,000 in the bank earning 1% interest, and let's say the current rate of inflation is 5%, that means that you're losing 4% per year to inflation. Another example in dollars is if you have 100000 in the bank, it's earning 1% and the inflation rate is 5%, you're guaranteed to lose $4,000 per year in purchasing power or 40000 over a 10-year period. That's a lot. It adds up. If you feel that you have too much lazy money in the bank and that it's not working for you, call Pete Tice at 850-523-6118. That's 850-523-6118. He'll provide you with a safe money kit that will give you other options that may help you earn more interest. There is no cost or obligation to doing so. Make it happen. Friends at Preservation Financial Group. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. what I get for not being fluent in Pearl Jam. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody brought this up. I'm going to go ahead and bring this up again, too. Uh, I should note that um, Jermaine Johnson was dominant yesterday. Did you look at those uh, highlights? Yes, I did. It's Woo! that mean streak that you saw at practice with the walk-ons when the walk-ons were half-stepping, and that we saw a few times this season. It's not that he didn't have the capacity to play mean or he didn't play to the echo of the whistle. He did. 
But there were certain moments where you get uncomfortable with how nasty he is. And you saw a little bit of that in the Senior Bowl. He's making himself some cash. The 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 kind of nastiness from uh, the opening rep, you could tell it caught the lineman he was going one on one with completely off guard. You have to you have to guess that uh, that those guys are kind of like, well, you know, all star senior kind of, you know, whoa, Jesus. <laughs> because my man stepped foot on the grounds in an effort to make a lot of money. And already this offseason, since the end of the year when we began to speculate with the season that he had, ACC Defensive Player of the Year, where would he you know, likely fall in the draft? We, we kind of speculated, was there a chance? It only takes one team. At the end of the first round, somebody might go, you know, I'm. if you're a team whose philosophy is centered around production, in the college game, and not just tools. If you see a guy, because a lot of guys look the part, a lot of guys will come to a combine and they'll wow you, and then you watch the tape or you look at their career numbers or whatever it might be, and you'll say, well, it's just not there. The production isn't there. I'm not seeing it. If you can't find a reason for that, such as a team staying away from Jalen Ramsey, for example, you know, a lot of dumbasses uh, towards the end of Jalen's time here would be like, where are the interceptions? Man, Nobody wants to throw Jalen Ramsey's way. That's why there's no interceptions. Same for Samuel, who did quite well before his injury last year. Same yeah. for Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. So the the point would be like if you these guys know what they're looking at, so they would look at the film and go, "Well, it has not his production isn't down because of uh, an inability to to live up to what the what the that the numbers suggest he should in terms of height, weight, speed, vertical, but because teams are just avoiding him." So Jermaine's this kid that when you look at him, or this man, that when you look at him, you go, that guy looks like an NFL football player. He looks like a guy that uh, could play on Sundays. He has since the second we saw him, right? And then there's the production, which is also there. And now there's this. So every box you're checking, you're going, well, you know, just because Georgia didn't know what they were looking at doesn't mean that that guy couldn't play and that it, you know, he just went nuts in a substandard conference it's that he could really play and he took over games in a power five league and now look at him he's built right he comes in hungry he's motivated his technique is good the numbers are there to boot so to me i think he's clearly playing himself into the first round that's good for you jermaine johnson i'm telling you what it is so rare a kid that plays one season like he did for us i know we've talked about this but that guy is going to be one of my favorite former Knowles ever i love him yeah, and he's going to off the charts. He'll he'll test off the charts in the interviews for the combine because of how real he is. He's got an aura about him that is genuine and that's going to stand out in those rooms. You know, they're going to say, "What about the money?" He says, yeah, "That's fine, but I, listen, I'm here to I'm here to do well. I'm here mm-hmm, to play well." Mm-hmm. It's a league of tryhards. Everybody's gifted in the NFL, but who's willing to put in the extra work? Jermaine Johnson is. That's going I mean, if it isn't apparent by now in the senior bowl, it's going to be apparent in private workouts, combine interviews, Interviews around uh, his former stops along the way. You don't think Mike Norvell is going to give that guy a glowing review? Of course he is. His position coaches at Georgia, of course they are. Now, that's where all of those little things can push you from 42nd up to 27th in the draft, beyond your measurables, and I think they will. Yeah, I think they will, too. I'm excited for him. I also, I'm, I'm just excited that it's already it's turning out that way. Like If you look at most of the mocks, he's gone from being on very few of them occasionally that somebody would have him sprinkled in towards the back end of the draft, and uh, the first round, that is. Uh, most people had him second, third round, that kind of thing. Now, when you go check uh, the, the the latest updated version, the latest mock, <laughs> uh, a lot of them, 
have Jermaine Johnson in that first round, comfortably in that first round, I might add. Many of them have him somewhere at 15, 16, 17. So good on you, Jermaine Johnson. And that is really good for Florida State. Really good for Florida State because now you're looking at a guy who, again, has glowing things to say about the coaching staff, glowing things to say about the fan base, glowing things to say about the university, and is, of course, a transfer portal kid who just elevated his stock through a singular season at said institution. That is an easy sell to a lot of guys. And if you parlay that, Tom, with the conversations that uh, we, we could hear on Warchant.com this week, Florida State did a good job giving us players over the last five days or so, you go through and listen to those kids and talk about why Florida State stood out and how it was they came to the conclusion that Florida State was a good landing spot for them. Almost all of them talk about those successes and also how quickly the staff challenged them. Challenged them and said it wasn't about, hey, there's playing time. It was, yeah, obviously we wouldn't be talking if we didn't think you could play or help us. But, by the way, I'm going to make you better. I'm going to ensure that you're a better football player when you come here than when you arrived, and I'm going to help you become the very best player you can be. And that that's repeated time and again. That's the mantra of Mike Norvell. He did the same thing with Jermaine Johnson and then held true to it. Hard coaching is something you have to be willing to accept if you come here, at least from the head coach. And I don't think Coach Atkins backs down. So there's several guys that you have to be willing to handle, and you have to accept it, and you have to embrace it. And if you do, they're proving you can get better. Now, the other side of that is you'd like to win more games. You you, you got to get you know if, you, if I'm a kid who'd like to win a championship, whether that be a league championship or whatever, you know maybe Florida State is out right now. Maybe Florida State's just not where I need them to be, especially if I'm a senior and I'm making this a one year endeavor. But but. Yeah, our pitch right now is improve your standing. Mm-hmm. You know, to transfers. That's what we're saying. Improve your standing. You're going to have the opportunity until that can't be the pitch anymore because we're winning enough yeah, that we bring nice. in the blue chippers. But you know, that's the you got to roll with the punches and you got to pitch what you can. And that's what we can pitch right now is opportunity. And now you have a bona fide reason that it could work here. And Jared Verse was one of those guys that listened to the message from Jermaine Johnson. Yes, he it did. wasn't the deciding factor, but it's good. He went to bat for us. He didn't use us and leave us and say, "See you later, Tallahassee's been real." No, not at all. He said he wants to be a no for life, and he wants to come back here and help more. If we weren't on local radio, I had so many jokes with that. It would have been so fun, but you know that would have to be for bellying up, which we're going to reintroduce soon enough. Um, but there were, there were, you gave me a lot there. That's <laughs> what I do. Yeah, I'm gave, a giver. You gave me a lot right there. I liked uh, hearing from Johnny Wilson this week. He was great, and AJ Duffy talking about Norvell, Tony Tokars, learning the offense. How proactive he was since committing to FSU, his enjoyment of watching film, coach's kid, you know, that aspect helps. He talked all about that. Learning the new offense, being prepared is damn important, talked about that. Wanting to emulate Tom Brady. Well, there you go, buddy. That's a good role model. Good job. So he might be a West Coast kid by, um, you know, high school connections before IMG, but his dad's from Boston. So he's got a little bit of East, both coasts. A little something, in him. Little something, something to him. Come back, wrap it up momentarily. We'll do, uh, we'll do our uh, picks. Wrap it up with Balls McWinsley edition of the Jeff Cameron Show. Been fun. Put it up, uh, Tom, on the uh, Warchant TV there for everybody. You can uh, look and see the golf tournament was announced today. The Jeff Cameron Show Warchant Invitational to take place Friday, April the 15th. Mark it down on your calendar if you're wanting to play. We're going to be at Capital City Country Club benefiting the second harvest. Really looking forward to that. My friends at Warchant and 93.3, we're going to have a great time. And all of you, of course, it's going to be great. I love that course. It's uh, This is going to be 
this is going to be a, a, a good re-entry into the uh, golf tournament world. We had had these for 13, 14 years for a long, long time. Had to give it up for a while. Now we've brought it back. There'll be further information on sign-ups and uh, for sponsorships, things of that nature in the days and weeks to come. But we wanted to announce it. So yeah. you can put it, pencil it in on your calendars. It's going to be a really good day. So really quick, I tweeted last night. I was, I'm just so ornery these days about the stadium over there. I understand what I did. I didn't mean to. I love Florida State baseball, and it just hurts my soul that we have to get excited about stupid padding. So I, I, I popped off about that. I, what, during headlines? No, on Twitter. Oh. I was just angry. They're like, we're putting in the new pads. I was like, really, thanks for the new pads. Did we not get meat now this year? What's oh, going we'll on? get meat. No, he, he agrees with me. That's a hellhole over there. Cue it up. We got 30 seconds. You got a pick? Let's go. All right, it's enough of music. Uh, here we go. Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services. Locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Woo! That's a nice read right How there. How do we go, baby? With 20 seconds to spare. Maverick McNeely, 25-1. to 1. You. Uh, Edmonton, minus 125 against Washington tonight. Peace. Good job, Tom. Good job, Matthew. Good job, all of you. Good job, North Florida. Talk to you Thursday. Oh!